While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back. We've been talking about 508-996-0500 saying in the program. Uh, I'm Marcus. He's Chris. Uh, oh, you're, I turned the wrong microphone on. That's your microphone. So um, we've been talking about the story. You know, you know I gave you a, a solid two years of filling in for me, Marcus. Because <laughs> yeah. you could learn the microphone. I did, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't my fault the microphones changed and hey. they don't. They don't make sense. <laughs> they don't make sense. Why is that for? Watch out. One of our calls will say you're making excuses and blaming other people. For context, um, I am blaming other people because <laughs> it can't be my fault because I'm not an engineer. Uh, so uh, so we've been talking about the uh, previously undisclosed suicide at the Ash Street Jail. Attempted suicide. Uh, attempted suicide, you're right, at the Ash Street Jail moments before uh, Adam Howe had taken his own life via asphyxiation. We've been taking calls on that at 508-996-0500. Again, that story was by Ben Burke at the pub, uh, at the Publix Radio. You can go to publixradio.org to check that out. There's some clips of our show in it in the in the uh, in the column actually, but 508-996-0500 so you can get the program. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Hi there, um Chris and Marcus. I want to say I enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, and all your opinions. Thanks. Um, I was I was the earlier caller. Yes. Who, um, oh, okay. Asked to call back. Yes. And um, I graduated from a baccalaureate program in nursing in the seventies, in the early seventies, and the shift um, in the care of the psychiatric patient has changed since then, from institutionalization to more of an outpatient setting. Okay. Uh, some of this is due to the development of medications that were previously unavailable, especially those for bipolar and schizophrenia. Okay. And so um, the, the plan was, the thought was, that we could treat people more um, in an outpatient setting. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, the brain, I feel, um, being in medicine a very long time, is the last, um, the last area of the body to be discovered. We know about the heart, we know about kidneys, we can do transplants and all this, but uh, we don't know exactly on how the brain works. We don't understand true um, sadistic behavior, true psychopathic. We're not sure what causes all this. Okay. And these folks ultimately you know, do end up in a jail in some way. And um, they're really hard to treat. They're really untreatable. Some are. So the, the mental health system is broken in this country. It's it's kind of placed in the jails, which puts them in a real precarious position. Yeah. Um, placements are hard. Uh, it, it's heartbreaking when a family wants help and there is no place to put somebody. Right. So... Um, just a lot falls in the um, jail population. And 
folks will do they when some some of the severe severe mental ill illnesses they will do things that i could not imagine anybody doing but um and and no one is at fault these things happen if they want to do something they're going to do it just just it's really the um last frontier of the body the study of, of the brain and the mental health health issues so um, there's a lot, a lack of placement for a lot of things. The other thing is, even if medication is working for someone, they have the right, you cannot force anybody to take medicines at all. It's against the law. So if they're um, depressed or bipolar or schizophrenic, the invoices, whatnot, and they're at home and they decide not to take anything, the family, no one has recourse. Right. They, they they slide down and then they, you know, it's like a, a cycle up and down, up and down. So that's my um, two cents worth. And um, I enjoy your show. I enjoy the respectful way of which you speak to everybody. Thank you. The, I will tell you this. My, my, my cousin, uh, my godfather, my cousin too as well, but yeah. is a psychologist. And um, he mm -hmm. told me some stories um, when he worked at McLean. Of, okay. of a guy, for instance, who stuck his thumbs in his eyes and popped his eyeballs out right, right at him. Correct. You know, Correct. like when you talk about things that are unbelievable, you can't imagine people would do it. The guy literally stuck his thumbs behind his own eyeballs and popped them out at my cousin. I mean, crazy. And I didn't want to bring up things like 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 that, but, but they, they occur. Um, they're really sad. I just don't think we understand everything about behavior, but I will say, say this. In, in the old days, because I'm, you know, older, um, even though they were in institutions, they were not perfect, taught in state and whatever, people had a job in those institutions. They were safe. They had food. They had shelter. They had people that did care for them. Now, it wasn't perfect, right. but it's better than letting uh, these poor little souls out on the street trying to make their way, and they just can't do it. I, I agree we're, with we're you. Broken. Yeah, We're broken. We're broken. The system is broken. Um, I thank you for your time thank and you so for much. Um, all the issues you bring up. Take care. Thanks. Thank thanks. you very much. Um, you, you look. You look at the vast majority of the people that are homeless. Um, it is mentally. It's a mental health. It's mental health issues. Yes, there are substance abuse problems, but I think it's really it's the mental health piece. The the substance abuse follows the mental health. Um, they're using substances to, to well, I guess they call it self-medicating, things like that. If you look at the vast majority of people that are that are out there, if you look at what's going on in New York City, um, we have people being attacked. If these people were in, in, a, in a control facility where they were, had to take medication, um, you'd have, they'd be better off and so would the general public. That's a very sad scenario. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Good evening, team. How you doing tonight? Hey, Tom. Well, I got a question, and uh, it's not a uh, one with a slant to it, but uh, two things, uh, two part answer would be good. Do we know why uh, the lady Amber uh, was arrested and brought there? So I mean, her name is uh, Ashley. 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 Yeah. Ashley. So okay. what, what's reported is, and, and Marcus, if I'm, if I'm off, correct me, but she had a, her boyfriend had a restraining order against her. And she, she texted, texted him, him, right? Yeah. Which violates her restraining Very order. Very common mistake that I've had a few clients okay. make before. Yeah, right. so, so that's why she was arrested. Um, right, that's, and that's it, an important yeah. piece in yeah. terms yeah. of her credibility uh, and what she stated. Uh, the second part is this Ferguson uh, issue uh, seemed to be affected uh, by the six-minute time frame where they were addressing 
uh, her and uh, allowed uh, the deceased to do what he did. And I'm wondering if there's a need for policy change regarding that. Because apparently, you know, it, even though the guy was Ferguson, he's still able to uh, do what he did. So uh, is a distraction of staff going to the other issue part of uh, the need for a policy change? Maybe it's increased staffing or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it could be. I mean, increased staffing could be an issue. And I actually thought it was a a fairly easy out for the sheriff if he wanted to take it, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that that could be an issue. I, I think, um, you know, they're, they're going to say they would have diverted the re, uh, at least one guard, you know, they would have diverted the resources over if they had to because they would have had to, um, you know, per, you know, I think either Department of Mental Health regulations or uh, DPH regulations or um, or state law. Uh, if he had been labeled as uh, a suicide risk, right? So they would have had to do that anyway. Um, but what they're saying is they went above and beyond. They did the 15-minute eyeball. Uh, they, they did the 15-minute eyeball on the guy. And, um, and had they known of his suicidal ideation, they would have had to put an eyeball on him. So, I mean, it could be another situation which we're, we're like, you know, if... Bristol County House of Correction or the Ash Street Jail, which a lot of people don't even think should be open in the first place, but that's another conversation. If they are a regional lockup for Barnstable and Plymouth, maybe Barnstable and Plymouth need to have their own regional lockups. You know, maybe that's that's a thing. Maybe maybe the sheriff and, and may, you know, he's trying to provide a service to other counties in the Commonwealth. Maybe he shouldn't do that anymore if 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 a situation like this occurs where they're where they're spread too thin and a guy from who commits a crime or is accused of committing a crime uh, in Truro about two hours away uh, is under Bristol County's uh, uh, custody and they don't have the resources to properly supervise him. So maybe maybe Barnstable County and Plymouth County and other other maybe other counties that might be using Astreet Jail should should get their own lockup. Yeah, I think uh, of all of it, it's going to point to the credibility of, of uh, the lady. Uh, I think that, you know, why wasn't she taking her medicine uh, prior to, you know, a restraining order put on it? What, well, what was going well, on there? Well, she, mean, could've, she, could've, she was it being It could have timed out. could have yeah. expired, right? She's being held. Because I think, I think um, it's... It, it's described in the, in the story as anti-anxiety medication. So I'm thinking Xanax, Klonopin, th Valium, things of that nature. Those have a, um, a, a an effect on the body for only a period of time. You know, like I got to take my high blood pre pressure medication every, every every eight hours, whatever it is, right? I, I have a schedule. So I assume that with the, with the anxiety medication, it's not a, a once a day thing, maybe just multiple times a day. Um, so that's a sad situation. I mean, you I, I get up early. Uh, I go to my sister's house early a.m. And you go up County Street and you'll see six or seven people that are completely gone. Yes. And uh, it's sad, you know, because you have mental illness out there. Then the influence of, of, of drugs on the street takes over. And, and these people should be placed behind some type of institutional authority. So, and, uh, but they're walking around. You know? I was listening to the scanner last night, as I often do, um, at my old newsroom experience. And last night, at 2.30 in the morning, I think it was, there was a 23-year-old girl. 
Um, they gave her address. I, it's no reason to give it up. But it was in the city of New Bedford. Um, 23 years old, overdosing. She had taken heroin and Suboxone. And um, it was unclear to me, but because I was, I was kind of falling asleep, as I should have been. Um, but I think there were children in the house. Because oh. then later on, you had a call for DSF and, uh, you know, Department of Family and Services, whatever it is. DCF. Yeah, DCF. And, Department um, of Children and Families. Yeah. And um, I thought to myself, you know, th- this whole thing is just a disaster. Those poor kids, right? Yeah. And you know that at the heart of it, she's dealing with something that she can't deal with. Yeah. Right? I mean, the fact that you, I'm, I don't. You're sticking a, a needle of heroin in your arm. Um, that didn't just happen overnight, right? Yeah, I had a brother that worked DSS 35 years uh, in uh, child abuse and neglect section. And the stories he would tell, I mean, if people only knew, you know, how far this thing has gone. And there's got to be, a, you know, a statewide change here. Uh, and we've got to come up with something else while we have the dough to do it. And uh, otherwise, it's just going to get worse. Well, you know, and, you know, uh, Tom, you, how many times have we seen in the news, and, and the stories fade away, missing kids. They're in the, the custody of the state. Yeah. And they just go missing. Missing and dead. Yeah, yeah. then they're dead, right? Yeah. I mean, if a kid's missing for more than a couple of days, they're dead, yeah. generally speaking. I know, I know that's a brutal way to put it, but you hear these stories, and it happens in New Hampshire, it happens in Rhode Island, but it should not happen in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Anyway, that, that that was my question for today, and I uh, can't wait for, well, Wednesday. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Thanks Tom. Tom. Appreciate yeah. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I think it all morphs into a larger conversation. Um, it's obvious that the local correctional facilities are not designed to handle the input of mentally ill people that they're getting. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and that's not something... Regardless of this election, whoever the next sheriff is can do anything about. It's a legislative. It's the governor. Yeah. It has to be handled at that, that kind of level because it's going to require a serious appropriation of funds. To, you mean to like revamp the mental yeah. health system? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I had, um I, I've said this before, but I had when I was, you know, when I had my Saturday show, I had Julian Sear on. People could check that out if they wanted to on the Marcus Farrow show. I did have Julian Sear on to talk about the ABC Mental Health Act, which I think does do a lot um, to uh, provide better care for uh, pe- people with mental health and uh, mandate it be required and, you know, a, a checkup be required and your insurance and all of that. I think it's a good legislation, but I think. You know, again, it's it's a it's a step towards I think yeah more comprehensive solutions because over, you know, like the like the um, the caller had said, and by the way, my my mother's a psychiatric nurse and had been for you know uh, two decades and right. and and, and uh, test and and could testify to the accuracy of that call uh, right because right? people can call in and just say I'm a such and such <laughs> how do we you know, know I they could call in and say you know I'm I'm a I'm a wizard and we you know we'd have to, we'd, <laughs> we'd have to accept it we couldn't we couldn't verify it but I did get I did get verification from an actual uh, psychiatric nurse that that is a lot um you know that is basically what has happened that the compre more comprehensive services and even back then they weren't all that great because you think of like Kennedy in the 1960s when they had the um the uh the the mental health act uh, that he'd passed in the 60s that had moved away from a lot of the like really like 
dreadful, like dreary institutionalizations and move towards uh, more compassionate uh, types of, 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 uh, of ways of, um, you know, making sure people with mental illness are safe. But uh, we shift, like she said, we shifted from the, the residential more like watchful, comprehensive measures to more outpatients. And some of that has to do with medicine, but some of that has to do with the fact that we just don't have those services anymore. Yeah. And I, and I, and I look, I think most people would rather be at home dealing with their illness, right? Than they would be in a facility, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that illness is, yeah. right? Whether it's a physical illness or a mental illness. Um, and there is, there is a cost factor there too. I mean, let's not, let's not pretend there isn't. Uh, obviously it's cheaper if someone can stay at their own home um, and um, just, just administer their own, their own pills themselves yeah. than to have them in a facility with, you know, 24 hours a day. And, and at the end of the day, Nobody wants to give up their freedom. Right. Right. And um, you have a human right to be free. Yeah. Um, it might not be in your best interest. <laughs> yeah. Unfo- you know, really. Yeah. I um, mean, I mean, the thing but is. But you do have. You it. always move towards. Uh, there's no. You always, you know, the deference is always to making sure someone has the supports necessary to be as independent as possible. Right. That's the, that's the, de- that's the, that's, that's what's what's preferred, what's strongly preferred, uh, honestly, because otherwise, you know, I think you're significantly devaluing somebody. Uh, if you say, well, if they're crazy, you know, they need to be committed. They need supports. What those supports are varies. Right. And, and at the end of the day, as, as that woman was, was talking about, the patient has a lot of control over their own care. They do. Yeah. And they might not be making, and I had, so obviously it's a tough generalization to make, but they might not be making their own best decisions. Yeah. Because it's a brutal thing. It's one, you know, as I know, it's a tough thing when you, when your organs turn on you. It's a real <laughs> tough thing when your mind turns on you. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Hey guys. Um, you know, I, I know Hodgson is under the, uh, the microscope these days. Have you ever heard I never heard, and I don't follow... Uh, I mean, I think every elected official should be under the microscope, right? Well, yeah, fair enough. I just mean these these things, this, those log being presumably leaked, I guess. Yes, it was, but, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he's got his enemies. Um, mm-hmm. But the... Uh, so, I mean, I, I, from within, probably. It makes someone sitting at the 99 a little more different. Still interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Well, no, the... the I mean, this maybe this is an off-ball tangent, but I never heard—not that I, I've I've, I've uh, <clears throat> delved into it—but I've never heard of somebody committing suicide that way. Is that something that happens? Uh, well, asphyxiating themselves on toilet paper. Yeah. What sher- what the sheriff had said is, if he had, if they had, you no, know, have you ever heard of it? I no, never I'd never heard, heard of it. it. I'd never heard of it. What the sheriff had said. Um, it doesn't matter if I had heard of it. It matters if he had. Um, the, if the, the, what the sheriff had said is, had they known of this person's actual risk, instead of getting what he said is uh, that they cleared for cleared for police custody in Cape right. Cod Hospital, he said that they would have given him just a sheet of toilet paper rather than an entire roll. Right. He, he said that the toilet paper um, would have been taken away had they known. And that's I just did, did he. Um did he get into that? That's protocol for. In that case, it, 
had they had all the information, yes, it would have been. That's what I'm getting at. That's what he said. Something that they know about. Yes. That's that's a potential. uh, Yes. Yeah. That's what he said. That's what he said. He said they would have taken it away. So you have to assume. You know, not not to tell gruesome suicide jail suicide stories, but I was telling telling a Marcus a a story that I worked with a guy um, who had had done time in Barnstable, and he told me a story. Now he was in the regular Barnstable House of Correction, uh, not the mental health side. And this guy across, right across the way from him, but uh, might as well have been 10 miles away. He could see the guy, couldn't help with the guy. The guy he watched as the guy tied his own feet up to the bed and then rolled over onto his stomach and tied a noose around his neck and then rolled off the bed. So that he was being supported by both his feet, which couldn't touch the ground, and now his neck, right? And he laid there, he swung there as the, as the inmates all, who could see it all screamed for the guards to come get him. And that's how he killed himself, right? Imagine watching that and you can't do anything about it because they're just across the hallway. Well, well, you know, there's there's another aspect to this. And I, you know, it's a very personal decision. And if you're, if you're uh, not uh, in your right mind, you know, you need some institutional help perhaps, but if somebody wants to, to do that, they're going to do it. Oh yes, they are. And, and, and it, I mean, it, it's their ultimate choice. Yeah. But if you, I, you, if you can I be did. there to stop it, it's not like, Oh, whoopsie. You know, they killed them. Like, Oh, they they wanted to do it anyway. If you can be there to stop it. I mean, they didn't, they didn't take that attitude with the Ashley Marie Gonzalez. They, they cut her. They stopped it. They they stopped her. So it wasn't like, oh, you're gonna. Well, no, you, you if you see it, you stop it. But I'm that's what I'm saying. saying that's that, what that's that they're not. That that's the that's the ultimate goal. I think that's what that's the issue at hand is whether or not that's being done enough. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we did. What what, what, what was the latest? Uh, did they ever prosecute the guys in New York at the Rikers Island? Was it? I'm not sure when, what you're uh, referring when Ep- to. Epstein, oh, when Ep- Ep- was it Epstein? Oh, the Epstein thing. Yeah. You know, I don't. I think those guys. I don't know. What, I forget what happened with those guys. Tell you the truth, there was a guy that, that a there was watch. there was a there was an ex cop who was in jail for life for they murder. Faking, they were faking locks, and those logs got leaked too, apparently. Yeah, yeah. and there was an ex cop. Uh, there was an ex cop who had who had um, who had tried to murder him like a week before he quote unquote killed himself. Yeah, but I, th- I think the Epstein case is a unique case. Obviously, how yeah. about Bulger? You think you think you think they look the other way? And let the bulge hit. Go. You know, the, 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 I'll tell you what. We're going to have Michelle McPhee in um, once the elections are over. Yeah, yeah. Michelle McPhee, uh, investigative reporter. She's got some interesting stuff on that case. But hey, listen. Thanks for the call. We got to take the text call. Appreciate it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hey, I got something to say about this uh, jail suicide. Sure. Like I live in a group home and I'm mentally ill, and we have monitors in the bedroom, and like a lot of uh, people here lay down. And think to themselves, and they hear voices. Right. And it's like I'm being attacked, I'm being murdered. So this jail suicide goes back to uh, my house, and uh, apparently someone burnt it down, threw all his possessions in bed with him, and burnt the bed underneath him. And um, the person feeling guilty committed suicide in jail. Uh, and huh? we get we get stories like this out of this house all the time. Apparently, in the Cape Cod Times, there was two orcas uh, consuming great white sharks. So one of the clients here is hearing that they're being cut into pieces by um, one of the clients here, having the body parts eaten. Oh, God. Wow. So, like, the monitors here in this house take advantage of people 
they'll provide voices, and we have nothing but to go to NECN to see what the news reports. And it, seems, it all comes out as apparently believable, but it's a crock of shit. Oh, hey, I, I, I got to... Uh, sorry sorry, sorry for all that. Language. But, okay, yeah, thank yeah, you, no thank problem. you. Um, yeah, that, that was a, a tangle of details. I didn't quite understand all of it, but um, what, what he's saying, I think, is that um, a lot of people have problems. And we know that, and yeah. um, it, it can be very, very, very difficult to be mentally ill. And as, as I mentioned, about mental illness and medicine. Yeah, a lot of people are call, provide with something called a Rogers guardianship. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. And they're not allowed to um, take themselves off medication. Yeah, they're declared dangerous. That's true. Okay. Yeah. And the medication fogs the mind and has dangerous side effects: weight gain, tremors. Uh, Absent-mindedness, like Alzheimer's, the medications have tremendously powerful side effects that are incredibly detrimental. Yeah. And um, even the people without Rogers guardianships don't refuse the medication because the staff simply says they're decompensated and they, they're sent to an institution. So even the people that have the right to refuse outside of a Rogers are afraid not to take their medications. Sure. Yeah, makes and sense. The thing is, they're called antipsychotic. Yes, right. Anti up to give. They give you the psychosis that they're prescribed to fix. And it's a tremendously ugly fact of life that the American Psychiatric Institution is poisoning the mentally ill. Mentally ill people number 40% of the population. If you go to a psychiatrist, chances are they're going to prescribe a mental illness to you. Right. And the other people that aren't. Other than the 40% that aren't mentally ill right now in the United States, if you read the DSMV-4, they have something for you. You just haven't prescribed a psychiatrist yet to discuss your problems. Everybody's mentally ill, and we shouldn't be treated any different than anybody else out there in the world. Obesity is a mental illness. Alcohol, drinking alcohol, one or two cups of alcohol a week is a mental illness. And I know my aunt drinks a bottle of wine every night. <laughs> I put her through hell. <laughs> you Thank know, you everybody's for the call. mentally ill. Hey, man, thanks for the call. We really appreciate your perspective. We've got to take this break, but thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. All right, we're going to take this break. We'll be right back. 1420 WB. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. So, Mark, before we go to that phone call, oh. just folks, at 9 o'clock, we have um, Jeff, Jeff Deal calling in. Jeff Deal's coming in. But um, we'll or go back to the in. phone calls now. Yeah. Uh, hello. Hello, am I on? You're yes. on, yes. Uh, yes, uh, I've been listening to these conversations. I'm not a professional at this, but I have a wife who's been for about 40 years, uh, licensed MSW, a daughter that's in the same field, basically, with a master's, um, family that um, are doctors overseas and one here, and friends of mine that, um, not a whole lot, but that are pharmacists. Okay. Okay. And all I know from from um, people like pharmacists, especially, is that you have good and bad drugs. In other words, some are very much more effective than others. Yeah. And a lot of these drugs that are prescribed are a lower class drug where something better can be prescribed, and it's, the effect is totally different on the individual. Right. So. If you have drugs that, in other words, it's, it's like buying something cheap. Right. And if, yeah. and if, if the insurance companies are only paying 
for for a, a cheap drug and where you can have a better drug for for your illness, then you know they they, they know damn right that it's the effect's going to be much different, and that's all I have to say. Well, um, I do I do think it, as, you, as you said, caller, um, different drugs have different impacts on different people's minds, particularly the minds, you know, um, and some how I've heard it described is. With people who get involved in, in psychiatric treatment, is that they're trying to get the mix, the medicine, the medical mix right, the mix right, you know, um, to where they get the person stabilized. Um, but it's trial and error until they get there, if they get there. But, but what, what I'm trying to say about all this is that a, a, a big part of this is that pharmacists actually study the chemical. Um, the doctors, which I used to think differently, but like they turn around and say, and like my cousins turn around and say, no, we study the human body. Right. And it, they depend on a lot, of these, a lot of these places for years, they have people that come in selling pharmaceutical um, uh, stuff, and they're not even trained in it. No. You know, they, they're just salesmen. Right. And, and, and I think that the insurance companies... Um, have shortchanged a lot of things by turning around and say, and I'm a diabetic, and I can tell you like this, um, the insurance doesn't pay for this prescription. It'll only pay for that one. And then I find out that the prescription is not as good right. as the last one that I had. And the effect is totally different. So your numbers can go a lot higher, or, or they just can get un not, not controlled at all. And it depends, it, the, the doctor, has, you have, it, it all works together. And this is what I'm trying to say. So um, maybe these, these people, like this woman, she went in there, it's not the sheriff's fault, it's, it, no matter who's sheriff, um, or, or a doctor's fault or anybody. If the, the drugs are not um, being made equally in, in substance, and, and they know that the drug is going to have a different effect, then, you know what I mean, it's, it's not the individual's fault. It's a, the client is being shortchanged. Everybody's being shortchanged except for the people making the money. Which Thank is, you. Yeah. No, no, which is I think that's a very important commentary. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I agree with you, man. The um, you know thank you for the call. The um, yeah, we appreciate Mar it. Thank you, Marcus. One of one of the, he just mentioned the pharmaceutical salespeople. Yeah, yeah. And, but I can remember at, at a girlfriend. She was obviously she was really good looking, and um, she was offered a job as a pharmaceutical salesperson, yeah. even though she was a computer person. Right. Yeah. She'd been offered the job by a headhunter who literally saw her out. Yeah. And said to her, and she said, "I don't know anything about pharmaceuticals." She said, "Yeah, but a doctor will stop and talk to you." Yeah. Right. Right. That's literally. Yeah. Because you look like a model, and 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 and. I forget the package, but it was an enormous amount of money yeah. that you would have made. That you would have made. Yeah, I mean, they're making money hand over fist, right? Uh, and and it's you know you're you're incentivized um, to to keep people on the medication. There's no weaning them out. You're incentive. There's a there's a financial incentive to keep to keep them medicated. And yeah. it just it, and again, she wouldn't have been in charge of prescribing, but she would have been in charge of getting the doctors to try to prescribe. Yes, this medication, right? Yes. And her sole accomplishment was being born beautiful yeah no it's it's true i it, mean when I, when I ever heard that i yeah. and again it was before some of the reforms there's a lot of reforms now but um it was before this was the early probably 90s. not enough it was amazing that 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 was 
Yeah. What? And I mean, I think she was promised she'd probably make around two hundred thousand bucks a year. It's almost like the profit motive is in direct conflict with human welfare, Chris. I think you can try to put a Marxist interpretation on it, but I think you'll, you'll find that the people live much better because of the profit motive. But anyway, the um, the reality of it is is that um, they doctors would have stopped and talked to her. That's what it all came down to. 508-996-0500. Listen to us live. Hey, a couple of things. Uh, one of the callers that mentioned Roger's guardianship. That's basically a court appointment, typically an attorney. Um, okay. That gets appointed uh, to an individual, um, and that uh, attorney has the ability to make um, healthcare decisions okay. for that individual. Some are more, some are better than others. Frankly, it's a, it's an appoint, it's an appointment. You got to get on. I believe you got to get on a vendor list. Something I honestly tried to do. Uh, I, I looked into doing when I'd started my solo practice because you know my field. Uh, I, right. I work in disability. I work right. in the disability field. Um, but uh, essentially, they um, they are appointed. There's a yearly required meeting uh, where you review the treatments and you authorize or unauthorize certain treatments. Some Rogers Guardians are better than others. Some are a little bit more involved. Um, some just show up to the yearly meeting and say, well, let's do this and let's do that without okay. even really caring. Okay. I just wanted to clarify, you know, essentially what a... What a uh, what a Rogers Guardian. Uh, no, I think is. it's very helpful, Marcus, yeah. because I think <clears throat> obviously we're getting a lot of very interesting calls. We're getting we're getting people from all uh, from different walks of the mental health uh, profession calling in and talking about this issue, and we really. Uh, and if you don't know, um, why would you know? Yeah. Right. And 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 um, I think it's very important that we try to get as much information out there because when you're dealing with this, unfortunately. Um, as I, you know, I, as I said, I, I know what it's like to have your organs turn against you. Yeah. I can't imagine, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Yeah. In my case, my kidneys. Um, but when your mind turns against you, yeah. right? I mean, it's got to be incredibly frightening to second guess everything your mind tells you. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, awful. It's, you know, um, they, they used to describe Soviet espionage as, as a... Uh, a wilderness of mirrors, all right? That's how um, James Jesus Angleton described it, that the Soviets played so many tricks, it was a wilderness of mirrors when you'd be out there. And I thought, what an amazing phrase, yeah. right? A wilderness of mirrors. James Jesus Angleton was a very interesting person. He was, he <laughs> yeah. really was. The, um, so so my, my point being is that when you're dealing with this mental illness stuff, um, whether you're the patient um, or the person that cares about them, yeah. um, it's a, there's a tremendous learning curve. And unfortunately, it's sometimes you're learning on the battlefield. Right. Right, Marcus? And and I do want to, I'll mention this again because, you know, we had, you know, friends of the show, um, Senator Julian Sears, Senator Mike Rodericks, uh, Chairman Mike Rodericks were on. Just that they talked about this uh, legislation. Mike Rodericks, I, I think, was, was excited about it as well. Um, the Mental Health ABC Act. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, addressing barriers to care. So basically, uh, it's requiring mental health screenings for children enter, entering foster care. Uh, it uh, requires uh, insurance to cover yearly checkups. Um, yearly checkups, like you have a yearly physical check, checkup, you, you know, you can have the option and it'll be covered by your insurance to have a yearly mental health checkup, which I think is really cool. Um, there's going to be, uh, cl um, there has to be required clinicians um, in, um, 
required clinicians in the uh, uh, in emergency rooms. They're trying to address the issues with uh, portals so that they can um, better service people um, to get for getting mental health. Uh, you know, actually, you know, uh, and um, uh, Rod- Senator Rodericks had said specifically that they're going to work on the issue of staffing uh, these mental health care facilities because he said, remember, he said, we have the beds. We just don't have the people to to meet those needs. It's, it's an extraordinarily demanding profession. <clears throat> And I, yes, it is an extraordinarily demanding profession, one that probably requires a higher level of pay as well, frankly. Because uh, I would Im- imagine the burnout factor. Yeah, absolutely. Is extraordinary. My mother taught special needs, which is which is about the close example I can get to it. I remember my mother describing she would teach a student something, mm-hmm. and the next day, because of their 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 mental issues, yeah, they would have forgotten everything they learned. Right. No kidding. So it was every day you were pushing the rock back up there. Yeah. Right. That's awful. Yeah. And and so if you could just get it to stick, yeah. you knew they learned it. Right. But they they lose it that afternoon or, or that next day or something like that. Um, and I can imagine there's a lot of that in the mental health issue. Right? Yeah. No, for sure. And and actually, you know, when I I when I was when I was practicing uh, as an attorney, when I was doing a lot of the court appointed stuff, uh, when I, uh, uh, in in. Um, in New Bedford District, we had uh, section uh, cases, basically, usually section 35 when someone's going to be a harm to themselves okay. either because, yeah, um, because they maybe had a drug issue um, or if we were trying to get somebody into or we got somebody into drug court to treat uh, their drug addiction. If there wasn't, a, if they didn't have any, um, if there weren't any beds available, that person then had to stay at the House of Correction, right? Despite probably not have done, doing it, done anything wrong right. at the moment right. or having already been disposed of a uh, having a, uh, a disposition that doesn't require a sentence. Um, they have to stay at the House of Correction until there's a bed open. So there is, uh, I think that the state legislature is doing a lot to address that and, and probably needs to, to do a bit more. Well, Marcus, here's the thing. Um, the reality of it is, is that when you get to the stage of serious mental illness, yeah. Um, of the kind that requires hospitalization and and, um, and 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 some of the most serious medications, the government is the only payee at that point. Yeah, right. I mean, your, your private health insurance is gone, your employment is gone, your wealth is probably gone. Yeah, um, your family's wealth, whatever. It's probably there's a limit, right, um, for most people, and so it falls entirely upon the taxpayers. Um, and that's just a reality we have to deal with, that um, you're only going to get reform um, through the taxpayer. Yeah. You know, maybe people don't want to hear that, but but the reality is if you look at your own situation, everything might be going fine for you. But if you developed a schizophrenia or something like that, um, there'd be another resource for you. Yeah. Don't tell me about what you're going to do. 508-996-0500. We're going to take one more break uh, for the hour, then we'll be back. 1420. Neil, uh, Republican candidate for governor, he is calling in at 9.05 right after the news break. So I think that'll be an interesting conversation. It should be interesting. Yes, I have some questions for him. I, I, um, I wish him well. Yes. Yes. He won't be taking calls, though. We'll just be talking with him, right? Yeah, I know the net, the notification said take calls. Uh, I don't like doing it when we've got a phone candidate. When they're on the phone, we really can't do it. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, like, you know, when I have candidates on in studio, like when we had Christody on or, you know, somebody else, they took calls. Right. Uh, they took a lot of calls. There's a lot of people willing to talk to them that were interested in the campaign. But 
Um, we can't do it now. So um, it, it just doesn't work when, when they're on the phone. Just doesn't work. Sorry, but we'll uh, we'll talk to you. We still we 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 still have like a, uh, like thirty seconds. So oh. you don't have to put your headphones on, but you you, you got to talk. No, because you're not going to take a call. So uh, well, uh, I'm not no, going to. <laughs> I'm not going to take a call. I think we've got um. I think we've got Rep Deal on the line, but see, I like we, that we Jeff have Deal to, is, 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 he's, he's, on the, he's on the line, so that's that's good. But we I have like to that. that's early. We have to um, wait until uh, the news, and after the news, we'll we'll be talking to Rep Deal here at WBSM. It's uh, a good South way to Coast start tonight. the interview off by being prompt and early. By being, yes, right, yeah. All right, we gotta go. See you at the end of, at the end of the news break.